Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. Lord, do you hear my voice? Do you hear my cry? I need your touch. Lord, do you hear me? Do you hear my voice? I have so many questions. Lord, do you hear my cry? I'm crying out to you. Where are you, Lord? Good morning, my friends. Good morning. Hope you're doing well. Good morning, my friends. Good morning. I hope that you are doing well this morning. As we get ready to dive into the Word of God, it has been a, um, a week of challenges, but you know what? We continue to press forward and we continue to thank our Heavenly Father for another day of life and another day of breath. Thank you for joining me again today as we go into the Word again in the chapter of Habakkuk. And we're going to be diving into where we left off last time. As you know, we are following along from chapter 1 and 2. We're currently in chapter 2 as we continue to read the scriptures little by little. And today we're going to be um, covering chapter 2, verses 9 through 14, to give you enough time to get your Bibles, pads, pencils, pens ready to take notes. And as you know, we've been uh, following along with the prophet who asked God a couple of questions and how God gave the prophet a couple of answers. And now we are in the second question that God was answering to the prophet. And he's laying down a couple of things. And we left off where we discussed how the people eventually will one day be able to take back whatever was stolen from them and taken from them, but that they'll have to do it knowing that they are going to take it back because they're glorifying God and God will allow them and help them get and restore back whatever they've lost. So now we're gonna continue to read along as what God was uh, explaining to the prophet and this is what it says. It says, Woe to him who covers evil gain for his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of disaster. You give shameful counsel to your house, cutting off many peoples, and sin against your soul. For the stone will cry out from the wall, and the beam from the timbers will answer it. 
Woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed, who establishes a city by iniquity. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the peoples labor to feed the fire, and nations weary themselves in vain? For the earth will be filled with the, with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. We know that your word is true. We know that your word gives us a spark in our lives so that we can uh, be awakened of the truth. And Father, we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for the explanation that you're doing right here in this passage to the prophet about what is happening, what is happening to the people, what is happening within the community, those that are being uh, the oppressors and those who are being oppressed. So we thank you for your word in Jesus name. Amen. My friends, you know, we have been following along with um, what's been happening, right? What the prophet's been uh, seeing and acknowledging all this time of what's happening to the community. People are being oppressed by Babylon. Judah was being oppressed by Babylonians. And, um, and the prophet was, you know, questioning God and asking him, you know, how could these things be happening? Why aren't you doing anything about it? And God had pretty much said, hey, I need you to chill. I need you to take a minute, relax, take a breather. I'm seeing everything that's happening here. I'm in control of it. I, in due time, you know, things will come to pass. And, um, but also I am doing this because I want my children to come back to me. And I've allowed this to happen so that my children would know um, that the minute they step away from God, the minute they step away from following me, the minute they walk away from giving their hearts over to me, fully surrendering fully to me, the minute they backslide, the minute they are um, idling other things, um, I've got to get a hold of them. And the only way I was able to get a hold of them at this time was with this, <laughs> right? So God was explaining this to the prophet and God is during this time also saying, hey, I see the destruction that's happening. I see how the people are being treated. I see how, you know, homes are being taken, taken over. I see how homes are being destroyed. I see how people are being kidnapped. I mean, you, we could go down a whole list in layman's terms so we would understand today what was happening back then. And pretty much what God was reminding the prophet of as well is the fact that there are many times when things are happening in our own households where we bring shame to our own households. And a lot of times, you know, we want to blame other people for doing that. You know, we need to really take a good look at ourselves. We need to take a good look um, of what is happening and you know because judah themselves had found had been caught up in stuff they weren't supposed to be doing they too were like you know hurting others among themselves and when we look at that today let's think about that you know we're in a society today where we're so excited about having so much freedom. We're so excited now and celebrating now that we've sort of come out somewhat out of this pandemic. People are celebrating, people are going back to normal, people are doing their daily uh, livelihoods. But in the midst of that, there was still a lot of chaoticness going on. 
even though we've gotten back partially our freedom, we've gotten back to, you know, hang out, go to restaurants, go to places, wherever it is that people like to do for their livelihood, people are still hurting themselves among each other. And um, so we have to look at it when it says here, woe to him who covers evil gain for his house, that he may set his nest on high and that he may be delivered from the power of disaster. You know, um, it's one thing when you are caught up uh, innocently in something that might be happening to you and in your household. Uh, you were the victim of something that you didn't see coming. But it's another thing when you know that you're part of the gang, <laughs> that you're part of the people who are doing the oppressing, uh, you are going along with, you know, destroying whatever you want to do, gaining things for your own gain. You don't care who you hurt. You don't care who you're destroying. You don't care about your reputation. You don't care about your family, blah, blah, blah. I can continue on and on and on, right? So many times, um, you have to ask yourself, will you be delivered from that? Will you be able to come out of that? You know, you place sometimes as human beings, even as Christians, we place ourselves in situations and in circumstances we had no business doing. And then we're asking ourselves, you know, am I going to be able to get out of this? God is the only person that can get you out of your situation, providing that you surrender it over to him. And one of the things that it really speaks about, you know, when it says, you give shameful counsel to your house, cutting off many people and sin against your soul. For the stone wall will cry out from the wall and the beam from the timbers will answer it. You ever heard that expression that says, man, if these four walls could talk, <laughs> right? I think about this scripture and I think about what it's saying, uh, man, because, you know, so many things that you have done in your own household. And listen, we can break it down in layman's terms like this. Listen, even back then when Judah uh, was disrespecting God, uh, turned away from God. They were, um, idling, uh, you know, having other gods as idols. They were falling by the wayside. And here are the Babylonians on top of them, beating them up, you know, taking their property. Right. And you can say to yourself, well, who's right and who's wrong, right? Well, everybody's wrong here. Not only is Judah wrong because they turned away from God, the Babylonians are wrong because now they're beating up Judah and taking things from Judah, taking things from that nation, right? And and at the end of the day, the Babylonians are going to have to pay a price as well. So everyone here is paying a price. There's always a price that will be paid. If you go ahead and you do not follow God's lead, you do not follow his guidance, you do not follow knowing that his presence is evident, as long as you continue to have relationship with him to protect your home, to keep you safe, and you go ahead and you get involved with things that are not of God, that don't honor God. And not only do you invite those things for yourself, but you invite it into your own home. Of course, it's gonna affect you and it's gonna affect everyone else. You're not the only one riding this along and you gotta face consequences. And the bottom line is, you know, even though the Babylonians were the ones that, you know, were gaining all the riches, right? And people had their misfortunes, 
the bottom line is the victims you would cry out against Babylon. They were like, why are you doing this to me, right? The victims that were like, hey, you know, I've been following God because let me tell you something. Among the tribe of Judah, there were some people that were following, but there were many people that were not. They were falling by the wayside. And a lot of the things that we're hearing here in this scripture is like even the things that you have done in your household, if these walls could talk, man, we have a whole story. What you do behind hidden walls, my friends, God sees it. It's not hidden. As humans, I can go to somebody's house, take a look around their house, and I could notice, you know, is the house tidy? Is the house a mess? Um, is this something weird? Is there a weird feeling in here? Is there a feeling of peace in this home? Is there some chaoticness in here? Even as human beings, sometimes my friends, we could tell when we go into someone's home, is there the, is there the love of Christ in this home? Or is there something that's happening here that's not kosher, right? Even in the natural, sometimes we can sense that. So imagine even more in the spiritual world, my friends, where Heavenly Father wants us to always tap in first so that we can avoid all these things that we get caught up with when we want to convert things for ourselves. And when we talk about that, we can also even think about money. Now, some of you are saying, oh, don't bring up money, Antonia. I get a little um, sensitive when it comes to money. Let's think about that for a minute. In this moment, the Babylonians are gaining a lot of riches because they are oppressing other people and they're gaining all these things for themselves. And if we wanted to go ahead and, and, and give a comparison to what we're doing today in 2021, we can sort of say it's the same thing. The Babylonians at that time, what were they doing? They were gathering all the wealth for themselves. They were gathering for themselves the wealth that Judah had, all the possessions that the people had that were gathering for themselves. They were hoarding it, right? They were taking it, keeping it for themselves. They had an overflow abundance, and we spoke about this a little bit last last week. They had so much, right? And... It was all for them at that time based on greed. But we can apply it to today's life as well. Many of us today are operating in greed and wanting to have so many things that we don't even really need to have. But not only are we getting these things because we feel we want to have it, we're getting it by also hurting other people. And if we really talk about money and the significance of money and the gain of wealth and things, things that are tangible, right? And I'm just giving you an illustration of money. Listen, don't get me wrong. Money is not an evil thing. Money is a necessity for you to live everyday life, right? We go to work, we make a paycheck, that's money. We deposit it in the bank to have access to that money. We take that money, then we go and we pay our rent or we pay our mortgage. We pay our car payments. We might be paying for food. We know we're paying for food. We're paying for our bills, our electricity, our gas. Y'all get me? Money is a necessity, right? 
there are many times when people are favoring money, not just for necessities, they're favoring money for a gain beyond of what they really need or need to have. And many times, because many people will follow the money, right? Ever heard that expression? Hey, follow the money. They follow the money, they miss everything out. They miss out on everything else. They miss out on family. They miss out on special occasions. They miss out on uh, being healthy in their bodies, their minds. They miss out on sleep. They miss out on, um, you know, their time with God, the devotional time with God, right? I can go on and on with this. Now, some of you might be thinking, oh, you really have to talk about money? I'm just giving you an example based on what was happening here, right? Because if I'm going to give you an illustration, I got to give it to you some way. So money is a necessity, but it cannot take the place of your family, friends, neighbors, etc. It can't. Money can never take the place of anything. As you all know, on many occasions when there has been cases where, you know, somebody was um, maybe killed by someone else or there was a major accident with the bus system or maybe a building collapse, you know, uh, as you know, recently in Florida, this huge building collapsed, right? Many people's, several people's lives were, were um, destroyed and people there were casualties there's gonna be a major lawsuit with that already you could tell um and i'm sure whether it's going to be individual lawsuits that each of those residents are going to do or it's going to be like a major class action lawsuit i have no idea we'll hear about it i'm sure in the future pipeline there's going to be a restitution for money right because all those residents lost everything they lost their homes their livelihood their family members however although there'll be money restitution it really is not going to take the place of their families can't take the place of their families yeah they can go get new furniture get new refrigerators get new whatever sofas whatever they can go get those new things, materialistic things that they need, but it can't replace their family. Money can't replace your family. You know, and I think about this and I think about how many times people get caught up. And in situations like this, what was happening with Judah and the Babylonians, they were just greedy and getting caught up. My question to you today is, have you found yourself in that position? Have you found yourself in the position where you are just so much after the money that you're constantly chasing after it? And because you're so hungry for it, you become hungry now for the wealth of money that you lose your appetite for God, that you forget to have your devotional time with Him in the morning that you forget to pray to your Heavenly Father, that you forget to have those moments with Him. Are you finding yourself in that situation? And if you are, you might want to reevaluate yourself. 
and say, what am I doing? And what am I chasing after? I can tell you right now, I am personally responsible for doing that on many occasions. Many occasions, for many years, I was always, always chasing after money. But I chased after money in a way that really, really was working a lot of jobs. I always worked so many jobs. I worked day and night sometimes in my jobs because I needed the money to sustain my livelihood. I needed the money to pay my rent. I'm not saying that if you're working hard to make money to pay your rent is bad. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that if you are going after it beyond necessity and you become obsessive with it, you have to ask yourself, if I only have my eye on that money, am I keeping my eyes off of everything else? And if you are, you need to ask yourself that question, what am I really chasing after? So for me personally, I remember there were many times when I was in the real estate industry and I was in the real estate industry for 20 years. I was constantly working seven days a week, 24 seven, right? Even I remember when I was in my class, my first um, real estate class in the school that I was in in New York, you know, the teacher said to us, this job is a great job. You're gonna make a lot of money if you really work hard at it. You don't work nine to five. And a lot of us in the class were like, oh, that's fantastic. The teacher came out and said, you work 24-7 days a week. And we were like, what? And it wasn't until I started really working the job that I understood what that meant. I was at the beck and call of every client, every customer that needed me at whatever time they needed me based on their availability and based for convenience to give to them so that I could eventually do a transaction, then eventually go to a settlement, then eventually get a paycheck. So that was my money. (laughs) And I was constantly running after that to obtain money and acquire money. And I missed out on a lot of things. I missed out on birthdays with my family, seeing my nieces and my nephews grow up. I missed a lot of time as well with my husband. I was constantly at work. Um, You know, my friends, my family, they will always be telling me, we never see you, you're never around, you just keep working, you work, 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 work. Now today, I'm still a workaholic, don't get me wrong, but I am strategically a different type of workaholic. I take care of my body now, because even back then, there was a time I wasn't taking care of my body, I was sleeping two to three hours a night, which is not healthy. I do things differently. I stop working by a certain time now. I go to sleep at a certain time. Make sure I sleep eight to nine hours. I do what I have to do to make sure that I can get what I need to have my mind in the right place. I do my walks in the morning. I do my time with my Heavenly Father. Those are more important to me right now than ever in my life of anything that I need. 
I still work, but I work a lot more now, minimally, to still acquire the money that I need for my everyday necessity of life, right? My bills and things of that nature. So I am just bringing this across to you because during this time of the Babylonians and Judah and everything that was going down, they were gaining. They were gaining. They were gaining a lot of riches, right? And they were just wanting all that wealth. And we have to sometimes ask ourselves, what are we chasing after? And that we cannot allow money to take the place of our family, friends, or God. You have to ask yourself, do you find yourself in that position right now? That you're chasing after so many things. Let's say it's not even money. Let's say it's dreams. Let's say it's ambitions, goals, whatever. That you lose sight of the things that are around you. You lose sight of the relationship that you're supposed to be having and growing with every day with your Heavenly Father. And then it says here, Woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed, who establishes a city by iniquity. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the peoples labor to feed the fire and nations weary themselves in vain? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Even though all these things are happening at this time that we're reading about in this chapter, and everything is happening, there's a lot of bloodshed as we know, right? The Babylonians were really like killing people. They were oppressing people. There was major persecution going on. We have to also understand that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It's going to come to a, a point where God is going to allow an intervention to take place with Judah, bringing them back to him and that he will be glorified again on the land. God will be glorified again on the land. And here's the thing, when we talk about seas and oceans, and we talk about um, symbolically, like when we talk about that there's underground um, locations, towns, uh, archive, things in the ocean and in the sea because at one time right when we think back of Noah's ark the things that were destroyed at that time and what ended up being covered of water and and in the ocean and in the sea we can look at this that same way whatever God allows to be destroyed and water submerges itself or there is a covering of what has happened, there will be a calmness that will come and people will understand how to glorify God once again, how to put their eye on their Heavenly Father and not other things, how to remind themselves that every time 
they walk away from God, every time they displace themselves from his presence, things like this will happen. But things as well will turn around because God will allow it to turn around in his perfect timing. And he will allow things to come back to fruition a certain way so that way people can be drawn back to him. And the land could be healthy again and glorifying God and who he is. Eventually, once Noah's Ark and Noah and all the rain stopped, and eventually they ended up in new, a new land, it was a brand new land, and they could start all over again. And I think about that in conjunction with the scriptures, with the scripture, because the beauty of that, that God prepared Noah for destruction that was coming because of the things that were happening, disobedience people were doing unto God. And God wanted to make sure that certain people would survive and certain people would carry on what he asked them to do especially those that were faithful so my friends again whatever you're doing make sure you have your priorities straight whatever you're chasing after make sure you have your priorities straight if you have found yourself like the scripture here that you know you are like a babylonian right now and you are hurting other people taking things you know abruptly taking things for an overflow of abundance which um you've done through greed or because you're just self-centered or anything else that you might be caught up with i ask you again what are your priorities and what are you chasing after Everything in life has a consequence. Everything in life um, sets you in motion to where you, it leads you to with your destiny and your purpose. So my friends, think about the scripture, go back, reread it. It was great diving into the word again with you today. And I look forward to meeting you up with you again next week, where we will dive into the word of God, wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the word of God. The Word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.